0: Hey, Josh, you a big legend. It's Guy from Aubrey. Miley Karain is my last name. Punchingsideways.com. What is it on? What's the website? Dot com. Punchingsideways.com. What a great website. Go and check it out. Hey friends, Josh here from PunchingSideways.com Today is a slightly different episode It's more just me checking in to say hello There's some more interviews starting August 1st I've got a lot of cool stuff coming up about Aubrey, Wagga, Wangaratta Cool people from that area Today I'm actually sharing a bunch of segments from another show that I do a short form rant and ravey kind of Hopefully, funny comedy show called Tips of the Slung at tipsoftheslung.com. So, this is kind of the place that ideas that I come up with or weird stuff that I see that won't ever either come out in my music or my very, very nascent stand up career. Maybe they're not funny enough for the stage or they're too weird to write a song about, but I need a way to share my disappointment in these other human beings. So, this is a bunch of those segments. You can find Tips of the Slung in all the same places that you found Punching Sideways. So thanks for listening. And if you're just here for the interviews, they'll be starting again August 1st, 2019. Okay, enjoy. To get links to Tips of the Slung and everything else, as well as find out who's coming up on Punching Sideways in the future, go to punchingsideways.com. Righto. Enjoy the next 10 minutes of my weird brain. Unsafe pep levels. Okay. Okay. This is my favourite segment and slightly happier than everything else I've talked about today. So, to begin with, Grace, could you have said pep levels with any less pep? I mean, I know I don't have pep. I am a pepless person. I'm pep free. There's zero pep here. You have pep. Just bring it to the audio next time, would you? Thanks. Okay, so I'm at McDonald's. I don't go there very often. When I do, there's always a story. And this was one of the better stories. This actually raised my natural hatred of being in public level to above the zero midpoint. I actually really enjoyed being in public for thirty to forty seconds. A very bubbly and friendly young lady served me, and I thought, "Wow, take it down a bit, love." That was my first reaction. I'm like, "Geez, it's ten o'clock in the morning. No one needs that amount of friendliness before lunchtime." But once I composed myself, I thought, "Okay, this is pleasant. She isn't." acting like some of the other people, like they've been chained to the register by their wrists, and every time they fuck up an order, it pulls them harder against the screen. She's got a good vibe. So she takes the order. They're really busy. So her boss says to her, you're going to have to serve him his whole meal sort of thing. It was all hand signals. It was very clever. So she spin around like she was doing a pirouette. She grew a couple of inches as though she was getting up onto her toes like a ballerina and sped her out. She then ran at the chip tray as though she had a pair of socks on. She slid from where the coffee machine was and the orange juice machine towards the chip counter and then slid sideways in the same motion to where the hash browns are at the other end of the counter. This was incredible. I couldn't believe it. It was like one of those great moments as a kid where you first realise that the kitchen's made of some rubbish crap and your parents cheaped out and didn't actually put decent flooring on the kitchen floor. But the saving grace, if you get enough speed and you've got enough attitude, you can slide the entire bullpen. (gasps) So yes, the full bullpen, courtesy of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This girl had me won over by this point. I'm like, wow, this is the most peppy person I've ever enjoyed being around. She then ran back at the counter with my bag, slid at the counter, dropped the bag, and then slid sideways back to the register. This is completely honest. <laughs> she could change direction like a figure skater. That is extreme pep levels. Unsafe um, pep levels. No, you're wrong. Sorry, Grace. That was safe pep levels. Doing safe way the safe way. Doing safe way the safe way. Take it down a bit, Graham. Jesus Christ. You sounded a bit serious, buddy. Considering we're talking about bananas and cans of Lynx Africa spray, it's just the supermarket. But, in Graham's defence, The supermarket does really give me the shits, and it's probably, being a complete introvert as I am, the only place where I have a lot of contact with other human beings on a weekly basis besides my day job. So this segment is essentially about how to be a better person when doing the activity where most human beings in the Western world are involved, and that's shopping for groceries at the supermarket. So a few things I've noticed recently. And if you can get rid of this one habit, you're going to be exponentially happier in life and all of the people around you will be jumping for joy. So just picture yourself standing in the frozen food aisle. There's two big lines of fridges. At one end, there's an open fridge where the cheese and the margarine and the butter is, etc. If you're in that aisle and you're looking at the frozen fish, for example, if you're standing there with your trolley, across the next two doors and you're standing in front of the third door, you're an arsehole. You've got to tuck that trolley in close. So people who are standing there and they're using it as some like they're rocking a baby. And it's going backwards and forwards. One fridge, two fridges. Basically blocking a destination for two other humans. And then, to make matters worse, when you finished rocking my baby, you then walk over to the other side of the aisle leaving your trolley blocking two fridges (laughs) and i'm not the type of person and most people aren't where you're just going to walk up to someone's trolley you don't know and just slide it to the side so just keep that in mind next time you want to take over the entire aisle particularly frozen food because of the fridge factor like a normal aisle it doesn't matter you can reach around to get the rice but when it's fridges just get the fuck out of the way keep moving and get out of the way As the great Merlin man would say, keep moving and get out of the way. Mother fracker of the week. Mother fracker of the week. Okay, so I'm driving back from a historic town called Beechworth, which is in my local area, and I basically drive like an old person. I got my license later in life compared to most people, compared to basically anybody. So I didn't have any... Young Yahoo phase where I became overly comfortable driving way above the speed limit. So, to me, the speed limit feels appropriate. So, I might be a loser, but that's where I'm coming from. The road is an okay road. There's a lot of traffic on the road, and there's a lot of people that aren't used to the way that roads work in the country that they're windy, that they move from dual lane to single lane, to half the roads missing. So you see the occasional person driving like they're on a speedway or an empty airport runway. So I'll give you an example of my mother frackers of the week. Actually, scratch that. This may be mother fracker of the month. Two guys on motorbikes fly past me. I'm doing close to 100 kilometers an hour. When they get about 200 meters in front of me, they both stand up on their bikes, and start to do that thing that kids do on NBA Instagram videos, that dab thing. I'd never seen a dab in the wild until this point. It was horrendous. From a safety point of view, these guys, they're clearly not very smart, except for the fact they'd coordinated their dabs, so they dabbed twice away from each other, then once together, Lifted their arms and dabbed at each other like they were giving each other a salute. This is all while standing up on their motorbikes. Obviously, they're not accelerating. They're going up a hill. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. It was a slow rise. So in that period of time while they're dabbing, I was getting closer and closer to them. The car behind me is wondering, what the f is going on? What's this guy doing? He goes to go around me sees the dabbers, the bike dabbers, has to pull back behind me because I'm so close to them. It's like they forgot. They got into dab mode and then there's no other cars on the road. Apparently, I was meant to pull over and flag down all the cars behind me. Hold up. These guys are putting on a show. Just settle your engines down, kill the radio, and enjoy the greatness that is happening 50 metres up the road douchebags motherfuckers maybe of the year so if you guys next time don't drive off at 300 hundred kilometres an hour either when you realise that all the cars behind you are almost rear ending each other that doesn't help anybody it just makes you look like a bigger well motherfracker <laughs> of the week exactly so yeah I don't know what else to say about that one Doing Safeway the Safe Way. Doing Safeway the Safe Way. So I'm at Safeway and it was one of those times in life where a whole barrel load of perspective just crashes down on your face. Just in that one moment. So I'd always wondered why comedians and joke writers and comedy shows everything in the comedy world made so much fun. Of people that wear toupees. Because I don't think until this moment that I'd ever actually seen one in its full glory. (laughs) This really well dressed gentleman, great shoes, fancy pants and shirt, looked like one of those young, learning to be a doctor types that can't tell you anything. They draw blood and you end up spilling it out onto the floor of the surgery, but they're dressed really well. They're half-trustable. They're halfway to being a doctor. He looked like one of those people. He even looked like maybe a supervisor of a half-doctor. He was dressed that well. He comes towards me and and then I see this thing on his head that I swear was roadkill. I'm having trouble controlling the images, making me want to laugh. It was so bad. It was like a dead fox was corkscrewed to his head and then spun sideways so the tail was hanging down the guy's face. And he had this massive bag that had to have been full of cat food and boot polish. The thing was that black. You could actually see skin on one side of his head where there was more obvious short hair. You couldn't see any scalp. He'd boot polished the side of his head to match the colour of the toupee. Bloody marvellous. <laughs> it's great. I finally saw one. And I got it. It's one of the best and worst things. I've ever seen in public. Good stuff bro. Now get back in there. And learn to be a doctor. That'd be helpful. Unsafe pep levels. Unsafe pep levels. Radio. So we're back to my favourite. Of all of the segments that we do here, unsafe pep levels. So for anyone outside of Australia that's listening, our fish and chip shops or milk bars have these long plastic flaps. They're like six or seven feet long that touch the ground and a couple of inches wide. And essentially, so people can move freely without opening a big door every time, but it kind of keeps the insects out and allows some of the heat from the cooker... And the inside of the cafe to make its way outside. So I go to go through. And at the last minute I see an elderly gentleman. And he kind of waves me off like I'm going through there young fella. I'm already moving. Get out of the way. Which I did. I didn't want to bash an old person out of the way just to get in and buy a dim sim. So he goes before me. And he's wheeling a little mobility cart thing like a stability cart with a little basket and the four wheels and two of the flaps get stuck kind of on his basket so as he's pushing his way into the cafe they're going with him for a period of time and they're kind of hanging over his shoulder so right when they hit their maximum length he flips them off his shoulder and they fly backwards and I'm looking at them I'm halfway through the door at this point. I'm like, okay, they're going to crash into me. But they're a couple of pieces of plastic. That's everything that's going through my head. Suddenly, they form together into one double thickness piece of plastic. And they start to speed up. Time doesn't slow down in this situation. They start to speed up and smash me straight in the the right nut. I never had a pair of thin shorts and boxers on. And it was just enough impact to make me a little bit queasy in the stomach, (laughs) and I kind of had to struggle a little bit to shake it off. So not every guy out there listening now knows what the semi-nut tap feels like. It's an impact of one, and it results in a 10 on the pain and queasy feeling scale. I'm friends with the people in the cafe, so I didn't want to put on a show like This old guy just flicked me in the nuts. They're talking to me. I'm trying to speak. Trying to bury down the feeling of wanting to half puke from the ball tap. And all this is happening. And the old bloke turns to me, finally. Because it took him a while to turn around. He knew what he'd done. And I might have let out a small yelp of some kind when it hit me in the balls. Turns around. Looks at me. I'm expecting an apology. We eyeball each other man-to-man, and he says, gotcha. Doing safe way the safe way. Doing safe way the safe way. So answer me this. Why do parents think it's cool to put random items back on shelves in supermarkets wherever they want? Like, what's the deal with that? I don't just go sticking random crap, like dairy, frozen goods in the middle of the cereal aisle. That's just not how it works. I've started watching this behaviour more and my first reaction is to try and give the parents, particularly if they have young, young kids, a massive benefit of the doubt. As a non-parent, someone at the age where a lot of my family, like siblings, friends, etc., all do have young kids, I'm trying my best to be as understanding as I can be about this, what I think, is despicable behaviour. So I think when you've got a kid and that kid is a grabby kid. They grab this, they grab that, they've got five hands all of a sudden because somehow able to grapple three bottles of sauce with two legs. I think that it's self-preservation as much as anything for these parents that, okay, they're doing that here, they're not doing that at home with the wallpaper, or they're not doing that at home with their own contents of their nappies. I don't mind if they're painting mayonnaise the whole way down the yogurt aisle. Who cares? It's not home. Someone will clean that up. I've almost had enough. Where did I get this child from? How did I end up in this position? So, as I said, despicable behaviour at the highest level, completely understandable at the ground level. One thing I wanted to bring up, though. This is my worry. If you're okay with teaching your children that shells don't matter I think that that's a long-term bad plan. For instance, if your plan is to breed a successful child or multiple and then one day move in with them, you want them to have an appreciation for shells and how things go properly on a shelf. Because when you move in there, if they've got no shelf etiquette, you're screwed as an old person. You can't retrain them because they'll be well and truly into their own lives by that point. And I'll make a second point. This is a Ground truth. No one wants, including you, if you reach in to the pastor aisle and all you want is a Continental Alfredo packet and you get a handful of two-week-old rotten avocado, you're going to lose your fucking mind. Rubbing it through your hair, rubbing it through your kid's hair, people don't know what's going on. They don't know you're having a breakdown and it's all avocado-related, but that could have been your kid. The fact that it was the kid before your kid that screwed you on the Alfredo. That's not the point here. Just remember that that could quite easily have been a fruit relocation from your own child. Don't do it. Don't train them. Set them up for life by teaching them some shelf respect. Thank you. Mother fracker of the week. Seriously, where do these idiots keep coming from? I mean, honestly, there's no end to these people. So picture this. I'm sitting at a communal table in a food court but I'm sitting there and this couple sits down and they're quite young. There's a guy who's pretty chatty and a very pretty blonde girl. They look like they work together. The reason I felt that way is because they were both wearing matching Katmandu puffer jackets, hiking jackets. This is in the CBD of a city in a heated food court and I thought, You have to work together if you do that. I found out that wasn't the case when they started sharing the same bowl of noodles. I couldn't believe my eyes that two people would go out in public together to get food together and wear two puffer jackets together. So here is my little piece of life advice for this episode. Couples who dress together should choke on a noodle together. This is Josh from tipsoftheslung.com. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Warning, reading before bedtime may lead to myriad unfortunate life events, including the events described in this audio program. So, imagine this. You're tired, you're going to bed, and you're essentially going to read yourself to sleep with a Kindle. That's the situation I was facing the other night, and I didn't realise how tired I was, obviously. Because I missed the second comma in the following sentence. And I'll read it like a quote. I'm totally grossed out by proctologists, comma. The way my father eats, comma. My grandmother's psoriasis, comma, etc. So just in case you're not catching on to what's going on here. I was so tired, I read that sentence as follows. I'm totally grossed out by proctologists. The way my father eats my grandmother's psoriasis, etc. If you're reading a book and sentences like that start forming together and you're missing the punctuation, that's the scary moment. Like, hey, did you catch that one? You fucked up, buddy. Are you going to wake up again? Are you going to not be tired anymore? How about you wake up and read some more? Why don't you be fully awake and think about your whole day? That's the danger of reading before bed. Is that something will happen and it will trigger a thought. And then you're awake again. So for all those people that say read before bedtime. Make sure at least that you're following the commas and you don't freak yourself out. Because these people don't tell you that. They don't warn you about the dangers of missing a comma. And your brain just going crazy and you're waking yourself up thinking. Thinking. It's not all it's cracked up to be, that's all I'm saying. And you can tell them to email me, Josh at tips of the slung dot com if they've got an issue with that. Okay? Happy sleeping everybody.